When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. We've got some popcorn for you and some cranberry juice, no ice and a lime, all hoops, all the time, right here on Courtside. Gabe, how are you? I'm good. I saw there was a comment on our YouTube channel where you should be subscribed and you can get this podcast <laughs> as well as on all of your favorite podcast uh, apps. That's what they're called now. And our Twitter name just popped up on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm assuming you can find us on Twitter. Uh, what I was going to say though, is there's a very nice YouTube commentary who said, every time I hear hello, everyone from Christy, I know we're going to have an awesome podcast. And she was right. I think, I think I don't actually remember who said it, but whoever said that was right. Cause we got a banger to that. Uh, there was, I know we say it every week. And I know yeah. I say this like fairly often too, but like there was actually a lot of different things happening in the yeah. world of women's basketball that wasn't just related to the game. So no. it'd be a little yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's always it's always a blast to have this platform, number one, to to talk about women's basketball, because there is so much that that needs to be said that that doesn't get said enough. So, you know, definitely grateful for for this platform, for sure. But, you know, we're going to get things started today, Gabe, on a little bit of a, a shock and a sad note with Lucia Harris suddenly passing away this week, only 66 years old, a Hall of Famer, three-time AIAW champion, silver medalist with USA Basketball, and the first woman 
to score an Olympic bucket for USA basketball. Oh man, uh, Delta State. I mean, she averaged over 25 points a game, 15 rebounds. I mean, just an amazing, talented woman that we didn't really hear enough about, to be honest. And her legacy will definitely live on with her children and her grandchildren. But for me in the game, I think there needs to be something more that's done to make sure that her legacy is known by the women who are currently playing the game that she helped pave the way for. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I'm actually pretty pleasantly surprised to see um, Lucy Harris's death being covered as much as it is, because as you mentioned, yeah. she, she was in a time in the 70s where women's basketball was just picking up steam. And in part, she, she blazed the trail that led to where we are now. Um, and she didn't get that recognition during her playing days as much as, you know, she, she deserves. So to get it in retrospect is nice. And I actually, uh, you know, in 2020, obviously we were stuck at home, like really, really stuck at home that yeah. she was one of the first people that I looked at as someone who I didn't know anything about because she was pre WNBA pre NCAA, um, yes. even for most part of her career, pre-Olympics before the, the 76 team, right? Yes. Um, so she was one of the first people I went back and I found, you know, some writing about, and it, I found her story very interesting. Bria Felician has some really excellent content on her for the Black Sportswoman and on 538. It's also a really good uh, New York Times, like documentary on YouTube, which is free. So it, it, she has an amazing story. And we've gone this entire time without mentioning that she is the only woman ever drafted into the NBA by the Utah Thanks. Jazz in 1977. Yeah, they were they were in New Orleans at the time. And she said that she didn't actually go to work out with the team because, number one, she felt that she wasn't quite up to par. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in that day and time, as the first woman to be drafted by an NBA team, I mean, this woman stayed up at night as a youngster mm -hmm. and watched Oscar Robinson, Robinson, who she said was her favorite player. She watched, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill she Russell. had the blanket over the TV yeah. and over her head. And her parents were like, you need to go to sleep, Lucy, you have school in the morning. And she's like, okay, but she would stay and watch it a little longer. And so the big O was like her, her most favorite player. But for me, I think those games against Immaculata and yeah. the AIAW championships and to have Marianne Stanley, who was a member of the Immaculata team say that we were a pretty darn good team. And yeah. for them to beat us, we had some real knockdown uh, battles with them. And she likened Lucy Harris's game to Sylvia Fowles and Tina Charles, okay. you know, of the current basketball on the professional level. And you know, to hear, to hear that and, you know, to know how dominant those two are in the WNBA and in the Olympics and, and multiple gold medals won by those young ladies, to know that she paved the way, like you said, and created this legacy. And maybe she didn't get all that she wanted out of the game and she didn't have anywhere to play professionally. There was no overseas at that time mm -hmm. either. But she said, you know, once she finished at Delta State, she said, I still wanted to play, but there was nowhere for me to go. And that broke my heart because I'm like, gosh, you're 22 mm -hmm. and you have such passion and love for the game. 
and you don't have anywhere to play. And she was she was actually pregnant at the time uh, when the NBA drafted her in the seventh round and in 1977. And, you know, she wanted to build a family. And mm-hmm. and it really is sad because her youngest son, I believe, is is due to get married this year. And so, you know, I know she was really excited about that, but just to, to research her and to find out these, these stories and these connections, like with Nancy Lieberman on that team and Ann Myers Drysdale, who I believe passed her the pass mm-hmm. to make the first shot with USA basketball. I, I you know, it's, it's just uh, a piece of our history that we need to continue to keep in front of our younger generations and, and especially our young girls who, are playing and have been afforded the opportunity to compete because of the selflessness and and the struggle, quite frankly, that she went to went through. And she wanted to go to Alcorn State mm-hmm. because that was closest to her home, but she couldn't go there because there was only a men's basketball team and not a women's team. <laughs> she went to Delta State after that, and that was no, history, so history right yeah. there. That was a historic move. And I mean, God bless her. I mean, and uh, it's just really sad that um that she passed away suddenly the way mm-hmm. she did at, at 66 years of age yeah and, it, and it, it's extremely sad because that in part it's good that we have her legacy right. easily available to us now but it's sad that that came in you know essentially the last year and a half of her life that she she didn't mm-hmm. get to enjoy as much recognition as we, like we talked about um <laughs> but another person who ran into her though is pat summit and i, I read about yes. her in, in pat summit's book summit up um, you know, she played a tennis summit was playing a Tennessee Martin. They had to play Delta state and they got run over by Lucy Harris. And she, <laughs> she, uh, had some, she thought Lucy Harris was the world then in, in 1976, um, because of how dominant she was. And then they got to play together. So there, there's a lot about Harris in that book. Um, but the other thing is like, it, it is interesting. I was just thinking about you know, all the paths that she blazed that, you know, she didn't get to walk down. So she was pregnant. And in part, that's what stopped her from having any sort of professional career. Cause mm-hmm. I think she also had potentially an opportunity in France, but didn't, right. right it, it didn't work out. Um, but now our players get to have children and play professional basketball. How about that? And it's just one of those, those paths that she blazed that she put down the the stones for that now we get to walk and I think it's really really important that we don't forget about her and I'm I'm happy with um you know how the bigger companies are are handling this and and actually honoring her um I could do it with a little less of just the oh she was the only player drafted only woman drafted in the NBA yeah Yeah. that's a small part of her legacy small it's very small it's interesting and cool but you know that that is kind of like I get it. That's what you put in the in the headline or whatever, but that's just a small right. part of her legacy. And I think um, you know, all those people you you just talked about who talked about how great she was on off the court. Yeah. That's the bigger part of her legacy that I hope I mean, we get a lot more of. Absolutely. And just, you know, just to add on to that, Margaret Wade was her coach right. at Delta State. And I while researching and, and reading about her in the last couple of days here. It was really intriguing to me to to hear her story because she came through and wanted to play basketball in the 1930s, Gabe, Mm -hmm. and they said that it was too strenuous for women to Mm -hmm. exercise that strenuously on the court and running and jumping and, you know, not for women. So 
in the forties, they went away from that team at Delta state. And then years later, here she is as the coach Mm -hmm. and inside of her jacket, she had the little button that said, give them hell. Yeah. And on the inside. And then she said, you know, Lucy Harris said that it was really, um, she was really a, a woman of a few words, but mm-hmm. she would open her jacket and had that button that said, <laughs> give them hell. And they ran out that door and, and did that. Um, I just thought that that was quite a story as well, because for the journey that, that Lucy Harris was on, Margaret Wade was also on that journey mm-hmm. years before that and came back not to prove people wrong, but to prove herself right. And I think that is the the biggest story out of the whole thing about how women, when they are focused and intentional about what they want for themselves, they get it done. And it's, oh man, it just, it was so empowering. And, you know, I was coaching today at, at practice and I just felt different at practice today. Like, and I always have joy when I go in the gym, trust and believe me. But there was like a different feel because these kids, like they have no idea about no. the people before them. And, and for, you know, C. Vivian Stringer to say, we, we have to know, we must know where we came from to know where we're going. And I think I really embraced that kind of emotion going into practice today mm-hmm. with high school age young women who outside of basketball, like what are we grooming in them mentally? in terms of their fight for themselves yeah. and, and to stand up for themselves and, and to do whatever it is that they're going to do in life, but do it to the best of their ability and to do it all out in, in that lapel button, yeah. you know, <laughs> give them hell, like whatever you're doing, like go and do it hard and do it well and, and fight for what you want. And I think kind of went in there today with, with that notion in mind and I'm still pretty fired up actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Um, no, and I, I think it's also just a reminder though, to people like me, um, or people like you, if you're interested, like make sure you know the history of this game, because I mean, you know, Lucy Harris, I felt kind of in the ink club for a little while. Um, when I learned, when I found out about her and I could say, Hey, you know, like this was a really great player that we, we are not remembering as much. And now to see it, see everyone kind of have kind of talk about her. It's great. So I think it's a lesson to continue to tell as many stories as you can and get to as many people as far back as we can to, to make sure that those stories of overcoming and of where we're, we came from um, yeah. it, are remembered. So um, I'm with it and, uh, and it is sad, but it's also, it, it's, a, it's a good time to remember um, the people who came before us. Yeah, and, and this one last thing mm-hmm. on, on Lucy Harris, Queen Lucy, I know that Shaquille O'Neal said that he was kind of moved to tears by her story and, uh, you know, of her life. And, and also Robin Roberts did a, mm-hmm. an interview with her most recently, it's a couple of months ago. So there are things that you can look at online on YouTube, I believe um, there's her documentary and it's, it's very touching. And the fact that Shaq, you know, watched that and, and just really was touched by her sacrifice and her resilience and persistence with what she wanted and what she wanted to do, you know, and within the game. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it is sad, like you said, but at the same time, it's, it rings the bell for all of us to make sure that, that we are keeping these legends of the game on our minds 
when we are carrying the torch for them through the game with our younger generation of, of young women who are going to be great leaders, you know, once they finish their degrees and, and then they become parents and they're going to lead their own seedlings, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just think that it's, it's vitally important for us to empower them into being fantastic leaders. And I think this is a, a gentle, if not a gigantic reminder that we need to be doing that. No, I agree. And uh, to yeah. not, there's not a great segue here, but to get to that younger generation of leaders, <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Caitlin Clark? Someone perhaps, perhaps as dominant as Lucy Harris was? No, oh. not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll talk. She, they're not even <laughs> in first place in the conference. But the offense for Caitlin Clark has been unbelievable uh, in Big Ten play. You just got to see her twice, right? Twice? No, yeah. there's one game in a row. Right? Yeah, one in, one in the middle of it. But right. each, the last two weekends, I've seen her live and I've, you know, enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> yeah. And did you, you get to you got to like talk to her and interview her uh, for I her, did. right? I did. Well, you know, I, I caught up with her after the first game that was at Nebraska two weeks ago. And, and that's my girl, you know, yeah, I don't know what it is about Caitlin Clark. I don't know. It's like we have, we're the same spirit, you know, or something like we connect. Um, but she is just a sparkling young lady who, you know, people will label her passion and her exuberance for the game as something negative. And I'm oh. going to stand up for that because I, I hate that I women women are you know put into some box when it comes to displaying their fierce competitive fire like we're not going to sit around singing kumbaya sipping lemonade with the pinky up all the time we can do that and that's fun when you decompress and you're in that space and moment but when you're competing gabe leave those women alone and let Mm -hmm. them fight and let them show that their work in the gym in the summer when no one sees them is paying dividends at that moment in the game. And stop painting this picture of women who are doing that are arrogant or, or angry or look at her like she's a, a poor sport. She's not, okay? She is doing what she is feeling and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think in today's climate, when everyone's talking about mental health and, and all of those things, why are we asking people to, to repress their emotions? I mean, that's who she is. That's what she does, that she worked her butt off to be able to have three triple doubles this year. I saw her in two games on each of the weekends combined for 62 points. And she had 31 in each of the games. Let that girl play and let her fly free. I was there for the last game. She had a triple double. In the last game against Nebraska, 31, 10, and 10. If you don't leave that girl alone, I mean, I think I'm her personal bodyguard at this point. <laughs> like, I am so protective of her because I just, you know, Serena Williams, same deal. It's like, yeah, yeah. let her play and display the same kinds of emotion as everybody else and stop labeling her as mean, angry, arrogant, poor sport. Stop doing it. It's not fair. And let them yeah. have the joy of the game and let them play with passion and let those younger players know that that's okay to do there. She's not in anybody's face. You know, she's yeah. like running up the court, like, yes, like that's not bad. Like Steph Curry and LeBron and all everybody else can do it. 
but she when she does it it's like oh my god look at her like no yeah oh my god look at her she's enjoying the game it's not the news at six o'clock it's the game of basketball let her play it my my one of my favorite sports quotes is from jimmy johnson former coach of the miami hurricanes um when the miami hurricanes were an arrogant bunch of jerks but he said because miami loved to dance in the end zone he said if you don't like us dancing the end zone if you don't like us dancing don't let us get in the end zone same thing for kayla clark you don't want her to have a good time don't let her have a good time she's getting loose like the reason she is talking and and i'll tell you so i agree she's not a poor sport i personally love it I could see how she could be very annoying to play against though. I could see why the opponents don't want to play against her because she is. So she's averaging in in big 10 play at the moment, 28 points, 9.6 assists, both tops in the conference and 7.8 rebounds. That's 10th of the conference, only player in the top 10 of all three categories. She's the only player in the conference averaging 20 points, five assists, five rebounds. As you mentioned, has had two triple doubles in five conference games so far. Mm -hmm. In the Big Ten, which is not easy. Yes. Um, and she's 30, she has a 37.3 PER, which is in the 100 percentile of the nation, which is very good. So, very yeah, good. I see why other teams may get mad at her because it's infuriating to play against her because she's sure. unstoppable. She is so smooth. It kind of seems like effortless at times. And she does things that I can see being extremely annoying, like, <laughs> she flopped and i know you're calling that game i know you saw this the two I flops know. that she had <laughs> oh well yes she had one where she uh, i mean this is just a vet play like she just kind of jumped into someone with her arm on the on the layup got the layup got the and one and there's one where i don't know who it was for nebraska <laughs> just kind of like touched her wrist and caitlin freaked out like she touched a hot stove it was like, ah, and then the foul and everyone was dying on the court. So I can see why she's annoying to the other team because she's just so good. Well, she's crafty. And, you know, with the USA basketball, she was the leader on that team over the summer. Mm-hmm. And let's just be sure. When you just said she's a, a vet, she's a sophomore. Yeah. She led the country in scoring as a freshman. But she has vet tendencies in terms of her basketball acumen and IQ. Mm-hmm. And so she just knows what to do to get the job done, whatever job that is, whether it's selling the contact on a shot or on, you know, on, on your, on a drive, she knows how to do that. Okay. And I don't know, it's, it's who she is. And I tell you what, I know that there were some fans who were giving her a rough time on the road. And I, you know, some of the things that were said to her, I mean, this is a kid. I mean, she's 20, right. You know, 19 or 20 years old. And I, I believe 19, I don't think she's 20 yet, but she's 19 years old and we have grown adult mm-hmm. men, right? It was a man because he was right behind us and I heard him. In okay? Nebraska? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And this isn't saying anything about the Nebraska women's team. So let's just make sure I'm not no. saying that the Nebraska team, okay? It was a fan there who was out of pocket um, by saying, um, some things to Caitlin Clark that were just not appropriate and, and very unprofessional. And these kids, I mean, they're not pros, but now, I mean, they do have, you know, the NIL, but anyway, um, (laughs) I mean, whatever, but I mean, these are kids and I'm like, why, why are you saying that to her? And then when she responds, then it's like, Oh, look at Caitlin Clark, 
yelling at a fan. And I'm like, no, she told him to shut up, you know, like, or she was like, why are you saying that to me? Like, and said something to the official. She didn't say shut up, but she said something to the official, like, why are we letting the fans just say whatever they want mm -hmm. to us? And what are we supposed to do? And I know it's, you're in the heat of battle and fans know that, but you can't, you know, come at kids like that. I mean, you can't come at pros. Like you can't come at anybody. Like if you have class, you're not going to come at no. players on the court and say things that will, you know, get them off track or, you know, or like, wow, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. And it was That's really mean-spirited. Mean it is embarrassing. And it was mean-spirited. And then we're asking these 19 year olds to just stay within the lines, stay focused and committed to the task at hand. And then you have these out of pocket adults coming at these kids, stop doing that. And then when, when the players react or say something or pump up the crowd, uh, you know, she scored yeah. that bucket and that, that was right after that. Okay. Right. That was right after that. I mean, don't, yeah, and then don't, don't label her and, and get angry with her. I mean, that's the response. And I know you always yeah. see the second thing. You never see the first thing, but there yeah. were, there were some first, there were some first things, you know, that happened in that particular game and, and you know, get off her back and let uh, her fly free and play and let us enjoy how she plays. Cause she's a baller. And also road fans. Hey, maybe don't poke the bear in that game, in the game against Nebraska. She had 31 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists. Maybe, maybe just a thought. Don't antagonize her because she clearly feeds off this stuff, and she, and you get, and she does enjoy it though. She does, she she relishes that role. I think mm -hmm. you know when she's playing at home. Yeah, she's having fun, but you see it really come out, and you see this for a lot of stars too. Sure, they love being on the road because it's yeah. fun to win at home, but it's really fun to shut up those fans on the road. And she yeah. does it. She does it. She has been just just stunning in in all her um performances so far in the big 10 obviously it's only five games but when you look at the team she's played against i mean northwestern very good defense nebraska very good defense you know mm -hmm. you, purdue's a pretty good defense and michigan state she tore apart as well and it's just mm -hmm. it do not give her more of a reason to come at you um because it, it is just like it's playing with fire and this year yes this year so what she's doing better this year because her shooting is down her shooting percentages are down from three yeah 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 her, her shooting percentage from three is way down i think she's at like 27 percent. so some yeah. oh, she's at 22.7 percent in the nation however despite all that she's still super efficient because her assist to turnover ratio has gone through the roof the free throw yeah. rate is through the roof she's getting to the line she's going mm -hmm. downhill and she's finding people on some passes that don't make sense you know Right. <laughs> and it, 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 one of them, I swear, it was like she she had the idea before even like Monica Susano, like yeah. I, she, Ma, uh, Susano posted up, had a sliver. I'm talking about a sliver against <laughs> Nebraska. And I think she just kind of accidentally put her hand up and the ball was there. The yeah. ball hit Ma, from Caitlin Clark, a pass, hit Monica Susano oh. in the hand and bounced out of bounds. <laughs> And, right. and so I was like, that, that's my fault. That's a perfect pass. I didn't know it was coming because it was before yeah. the play had developed at all. So just the, the passing to go along with all that shooting, with all that playmaking makes her efficient despite not being, not shooting three ball very well. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just been incredibly impressive. I'm very stoked for the rest of her mm -hmm. Iowa career and her WNBA career, which will be long and yeah. fruitful. 
Absolutely. Same here. And I think, you know, you have to understand that when as a freshman, Mm -hmm. you lead the country in scoring and you're striking from logo range from three, defenses are Mm -hmm. going to be schemed to make it a lot more difficult for you to get your your jumpers off and she likes to take a dribble to the left and fire that thing people know now so I think you know your sophomore year is always a year of of countering what teams know about you and what they're trying to take away now you have to reconfigure Mm -hmm. and try to hit the reset button on okay they're taking that away how else can I get loose and I think she's in the process of that right now yeah. And it's not like she's taking bad shots. I know I asked Lisa Bluter about that, the head coach at Iowa, and just about her percentage, you know, yeah. being a little bit different than last year. And she said she just wanted her to slow down and to take good threes. And, you know, and that's harder, like I said, with the defense coming mm-hmm. at her in different different ways and waves. I think that she just has to um, have her feet set. She has to make sure that she's in her shot, in rhythm, and she's on balance. And I think this year, defenses have have done all that to her, gotten her off balance, gotten her out of rhythm. Yeah. So the percentages are showing that. It's interesting that you mentioned that, though, because I, I noticed that she was not – she did pass up a couple open – not mm-hmm. open, but, you know, threes that I think she may have taken. Yeah. And, and the other thing you said is true. Like, she, she takes tough shots, but they mm-hmm. don't feel like bad shots. And I don't know if it's just because – you know, she's such a superstar that she's already at that point where it's like, just shoot the ball, like whatever. (laughs) But I think a lot of her tougher shots, the ones that are off balance, they still feel like they're pretty good looks for her. I don't know if you agree with that. I I agree. I think there are a couple of times, I mean, it's, it's almost like some of them, not all of them, but some of them feel like those are the same looks she Mm -hmm. had last year and got them down. Right. Um, I, you know, and maybe it's just the, the release point or the speed, her, her release speed mm-hmm. has changed. Maybe, I don't know. Um, mechanically has her shot changed? I'm not sure of that, but it just seems like some of the looks were very similar. Uh, and I know, you know, she was knocking those in last year. Maybe it is yeah. body balance and maybe it is, mm-hmm. you know, not hanging with the shot long enough, or I don't know. Um, I'm going to watch it a little tighter next time I have them. So I was supposed to have, Iowa and Indiana on Sunday, but now Indiana is on, unfortunately, a, a COVID pause. So I'm going to miss that game because that was going to be a, a doozy and one that I think I had marked early in the season as one that was a must see. So hopefully they reschedule that and hopefully I get reassigned to it because <laughs> I was really looking forward to that game. Um, that was nah. going to be a showdown. That was going to be a showdown, especially with how Iowa plays on the offensive side and, and how Indiana plays on defense. No, and I, I was really looking forward to that one. I, I got a little sad remembering yeah. that it's not gonna it's not gonna go down. Uh, there, I mean, there's a few yeah. games that are being affected. I don't think Ashley Jones. I don't think either of the Jones um, mm-hmm. sisters are playing tonight. Iowa State against Texas, right? Uh, due to COVID protocols, um, so that's that's a little disappointing. But oof, uh, Indiana Iowa game would have been a a great one. We'll see. It'll probably happen later in the season, obviously. Yeah, I'm okay. like, please. And then put me on it. Yes. I'm, yeah, let's go. I'm Big 10 <laughs> Network execs. I know you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Put, put Chrissy I want to go on. back on that game. Put me back on that game. Yeah. So that, that'll be a that'll be a good one. But I think, you know, with with Iowa, I mean, they're back in the top 25, you know, after yeah. being bounced out after those couple of losses. But I really think that their COVID issues that they had 
in November. They didn't take their Thanksgiving trip. And I think it took them some time to get back in yeah. rhythm as a team. And, you know, those losses that they, they took, um, those were tough. I think it was Duke and then Iowa State got them in it. You know, it was just compounding. So I think now they're, they're getting back on track with uh, stacking up a couple of wins, a couple, three, four wins together. And, um, you know, right in the thick of things with conference play. So hopefully everyone stays healthy and, and we get what we get and don't get upset. I love it. Yeah, they're, <laughs> so what they look like. They're third. Well, they're tied for third. It's weird because mm -hmm. no, not everyone has played the same amount of games. They're tied for third in the Big Ten right now. Um, right. So, and, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in this team's defense. No offense to Iowa, but their defense is, um, they're pretty, I, I, the thing about Iowa's defense, I'll give them this. They're always near the ball. What they don't do well is actually contest a shot, but they're close. And I feel like that's something that the worm could turn at some point in the season. It's like, oh, we're finally like getting our hands up without filing into these shot contests rather than just right. standing next to the person. But I don't, right. I don't know how much I buy their defense at the moment. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think they're pretty solid with it. Um, I think, that's what got them out of two big holes uh, against Nebraska yeah. both yeah. times they played. I mean, Nebraska shot out of a cannon. I think it was 30 to 14 mm -hmm. in the first quarter of this most recent game with Nebraska. But then I think it was the defense that got them back into it. And as much as we talk about Iowa's offense, and I think they're pretty staunch on the defensive end when they are pushed to the limit back against the wall they rely on their defense to get their offense going, whether that's getting in the passing lanes and getting live ball yeah. steals or getting those boards. You know, I think Warnock, you know, she is a underrated player. doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, she is leading at the time. I don't know if she still is, but I know that she was leading the team in rebounding oh, yeah. uh, going into that game. I'm not sure um, afterwards what the point decimals after her you know look like but uh, I'll let you know. she she was she was up there isn't she leading the team in rebounding uh currently like caitlin, McKenna. <laughs> caitlin clark is currently leading the team in rebounding uh, <laughs> there you go that's is what, it close though it's close yeah yeah it's close no no you're uh so uh, uh warnock is at 7.9 and caitlin clark's at 8.2 because she had I, I don't remember exactly how many rebounds i think she had like 12 rebounds against nebraska um yeah a lot of those rebounds too are uh, what I would call the Russell Westbrook special where everyone gets out of the way so that Caitlin Clark can take it and push the ball. Everybody's boxing out. Yeah. Everyone's boxing out for her to get the rebound. So uh, I think, I think McKenna's um, rebounding numbers would be a little bit higher if that wasn't the case. Uh, there's also a purpose to those Russell Westbrook rebounds and we're not talking about Russell Westbrook, so I won't get into it, <laughs> but there's a purpose to those and to let Caitlin Clark get out and run the offense. So Right. McKenna, McKenna sacrificing for the team, but yeah, she's second in rebound. I, I like yeah. this. I like this team. I like this team a lot. Um, yeah. it, they have, just have some things that uh, I think the, the upper echelon of women's basketball can take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the rim protection is not that great. They do. They are a little handsy on defense, but like you're mentioning, you know, they are currently 74th in the country in defensive rating. So oh, wow. better that's in the 79th percentile folks that's high remember you want to be in the 100 percentile that's the best so 79 percentile is a is a, is a pretty good number for them better than i expected so hey circle Iowa. let's see how they yeah. how they come along here in the big time keep an eye on them keep an eye on them
you want to you want to know another team got circle? The Miami Hurricanes. Oh snap! Katie Meyer <laughs> got her Katie. first got her first ranked win in I don't even I they had the thing here and everything. I think it was like 20, 2019. We haven't had the we I went to Miami, folks. Okay. I know you're, let, you're a hurricane. Let me have let me have it. I don't even I have it in my notes somewhere how long ago our, our the last ranked win was. It doesn't matter. Go Canes. They get the win against Georgia Tech. It was a gross game. Did you catch any of this game? I did not. Okay. I had um had some travel snafus coming on back. Uh, oh, really? What happened? Last weekend. I just, you know, um uh, there was some gauge or something we had to deplane and then I had to get a different flight, you know, hopping around because of the weather right. and whatnot. And so yeah, but I'm back home. So, you know, clearly yeah. back in, in the humble abode. But yeah, so I didn't get to watch a lot of the games. Uh, there was like an extra, you know, couple hours. Oh, really? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm not complaining, but it was, I know it you, was quite I, something. It's okay. You can complain. This is a safe space. We, I know you have a phobia of getting stuck in <laughs> Iowa do. or Nebraska. No offense to Iowa or Nebraska. I do. It's not home, no. folks. I just want to go home that's all yeah there are a couple things but i made it back in uh one piece you know when they say you know you get on the plane you know it's it's quite arduous mm -hmm. when you're loading all your stuff in you get to your seat you buckle in and everything like that everybody's all gathered nicely and then the captain gets on and he says this mm -hmm. is your captain I have bad news. There's a gauge that's missing from the engine. We need to deplane. And everyone's looking around like, what? Then I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to be on the plane if it doesn't have a screw in it or something like that. I'm out of here. I'm good. Get me on Is the next one. I'm fine. No, it wasn't like, I mean, we just had, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. planes, trains, automobiles. It was like that. But, you know, I mean, it's frustrating to get off, but I was not, I didn't want to stay on there, if that makes sense. <laughs> Fair enough. I was like, I don't want to stay and fly without things parts i was like i'm out so you know had to go around and 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 get on back some kind of way and i got back well there you go so we're glad it was we're glad quite something back. though it was it was a, it was it was quite something the weekend and <laughs> yeah i didn't know what day it was for like a day and a half after i got back so i was like what's happening okay i'm back <laughs> to snap well, back into reality to put a bow on miami they held georgia tech to their lowest offensive output of the yeah. season, 45 yeah. points. Miami wins 46, 45. Uh, I enjoyed the game because it's it's my team. And um, yeah. there was plenty of defense happening. Offense is not. In the 40s. Was it 46, 45? <laughs> it was 46, 45. Georgia Tech scored four points in the uh, fourth quarter there. Oof. So, Oof. Uh, my, hey, Miami played great defense. You got to give it up to defense. Team. And all right, I, I don't. We I know not everyone's interested in talking about Miami because they're in middle. No, team. I am. I but, love me some Katie Meyer. That's my girl. When we watched them against Maryland, they were yes. pretty. They were pretty dang close to that they upset. Were. They were pretty they were. dang close. They, and you, they played NC State really hard. And you know, they so they they've uh, and Indiana. They had a really good game against Indiana. So don't sleep on the Canes. They did lose to Duke by nine on a game mm -hmm. that was on a Tuesday afternoon for uh i forget there was a string of like covid absences and, and teams oh and so okay so i was like okay we just have to play this game on tuesday so they lost they lost that game however 
they have oh, no, they have a couple other chances to pull off some upsets and maybe get into the corner conversation. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm right. still I'm still mad at uh, Megan Gower and Calvin Wetzel for making fun of the Canes on their preview for one of the the holiday tournaments. You go listen unplugged too. I know you. I would, I would never. I would never. Because my but, husband went to Miami, so my husband went to Miami, so I have a you know some kind of connection with the Canes. So. Defensive. And shout out to Leonard. Yeah, and, and shout out to um, Leonard Hamilton for Florida State beating Duke. So yes, that was that was my husband's coach, Leonard oh, Hamilton. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Leonard so. Leonard was at Miami for a long time, and I was at FSU, which I'm fine with. That's fine. That's just our biggest rival. He's also with the Wizards. So <laughs> a lot of, lot of Christie connections for Leonard yeah. Hamilton. Ooh, I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. No, it's uh, yeah, go Canes, go Canes. Canes also beat the men's team, beat up on the UNC and Duke this year, so going great. Yeah, women just, need, women just need a couple more ranked wins. Yeah. Guys are probably in the tournament by now. You know, hey, looking looking good for Miami basketball because Miami football is not good. <laughs> that, that's I do want to stay with the ACC for one more thing though, okay? Because we have number three Louisville at yes. number four NC State tomorrow night okay uh i'm i don't know this i don't know this but i'm pretty sure debbie antonelli is going to be on the call it's on espn it's in raleigh that that seems like debbie territory so i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna go with debbie's on the game and it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome one i'm just so excited to see how these two teams match up i mean these two the class of the acc um i think by by a couple measures now Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whoever wins this game probably has the leg up on being the number two team in the country. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, with with how they have both been solid this mm-hmm. season, I mean, they've taken some scares. They've, they've had close games, as we were just kind of discussing. Mm-hmm. They've had close games, but they've been able to prevail at the end. So I think this is going to be a real showdown. We were talking about the Iowa-Indiana game that was coming up uh, mm-hmm. for Sunday that's now postponed was you know, one of those games you're going to be really eyeballing to see who's going to grit that one out. And I'm doing the same thing for this game. I mean, which team is going to have their will shine through and it's got to be done and it's got to be sustained from beginning to end. And I think that's going to be the challenge. I know Louisville has had some games where they start out great and then hit some lulls and they, they cannot afford to do that against NC state because they're going to keep plowing at them. So I think that's going to be a, a really, really good challenge uh, for both teams to see who can sustain their grit the longest and who can compete the hardest. And and those are the most fun games to watch and and obviously keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, I think this could turn into a bit of a slugfest, which is kind of like par for the course at this point in the ACC. As I just mentioned, the Miami Georgia Tech game was in the 40s. Uh, yeah. I, I think this one will be a little bit higher, but both these teams are like definitely defense oriented, yeah. looking for uh, looking for the stops more than the scores, which has gotten both teams in trouble at certain points against inferior point opponents. Yeah. But yeah. here, I think just like the guard matchups, like Haley Van Nith, Reina Perez, you, you have so many great players on both sides. I'm just, uh, we'll see. I think. Our, so I'll tell you what our model says. Okay. The Her Hoop Stats model says it's a 5.6 point margin in favor of NC State. Oh, wow. 68, okay. 68.7% chance of winning for NC State. 
That seems a little high to me. That's high. I, you know, I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Those lows did not do Louisville any favors, you know, yeah. with that kind of formula, you know, coming to that conclusion. Uh, you know, I think they've factored that in, but. How, do you, who, how much does home court matter here? I mean, cause now, I mean, now in the past couple of years, we really haven't had home court, uh, yeah. but how, how much is, do you think home court matters in a game of this magnitude where, you know, it's going to be rocking in NC state for a conference game? Well, I know that helped Iowa against Nebraska when they started slow in that game and that crowd brought them back to life and, and carried them all the way through on a wave. So I think I always say that home court should give you a 10 point advantage. Ooh. That's what I always say. And that's I know that's probably, I know that's a lot, but it, I mean, mentally, I, and, and vice versa, like you, you have to go in to an opponent's home court thinking they already have a 10 point lead because they're here. Mm -hmm. So I think I've always had that mentality. I've always had that mentality and not that it's statistical and it's not a formula on her hoop stats, like by any means. <laughs> we don't <laughs> do the formulas on her hoop stats for no. the record. We have no <laughs> part in that. We don't understand them. They just give them to us and then we repeat what they say. <laughs> right. So I don't think it's, it's not, it's not mathematical and it's not statistical. I think it's, it's more of like what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, you know, like sometimes there are 10 point wins that feel like 20 point mm -hmm. wins. Right. But then there are 10 point wins that feel like a one point win. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's all about what that feels like for you. But I think you always have to go into a hostile environment with the mindset that we're down 10, nothing before the jump ball. Yep. And so yes. it just makes you know that they have an advantage of being there and you have to get yourself together and be ready to go um, knowing that it's going to, you know, not be an advantage for you to be away. And yep. for the home team, it's like, Hey, we have a 10 point lead. I mean, as a coach, it's like at the end of practices, we do up six down six with two minutes to go and go with situations and then flip it and give mm -hmm. the other team the advantage and see who can hold on to the lead. And I think, it's a healthy way to compete, but it's also, you know, I think it gives you that edge. Like I said, if you know, you're, you know, you feel like you're walking into a hostile environment, it gives you an edge to know that you have to fight for it. Right. And then mm -hmm. on the other side of that, you're the home team. You have an advantage because you're at home, but can you sustain that advantage? Like, can you make that advantage work for you? So I think that 10 point swing, you know, could go either way, but I think players should maybe think of it that way so that they're locked in and focused regardless of where they're playing. No, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that, that, com that mentality coming in. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go, I'm probably picking NC state, but I don't know. I really like, I like the Louisville and when they're going, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I, I have no clue who the best team in the ACC is because we haven't seen these two teams play. Whoever wins this game, is the best team in the SEC. Uh, if you're looking for some WNBA draft prospects, you got them. Uh, Elisa Cunane for NC State. Yeah. Probably, probably going to be a top five pick. I don't know. I don't know how the draft's going to shake out. Emily yeah. Angsler is going to be my – I don't know. She may not be a diamond in the rough by the time we get to the tournament. She's making a name for herself as a, as a perimeter focus big-ish, you know, right. a wing. Okay. The players you want nowadays, she falls into that category. Um, I, I want to see her. I want to see her play against this NC State front court. Yeah. So yeah. 
I'm excited for that one. Do you want to make, do you want to make a preemptive pick? I'm picking NC State, so we'll say that. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna go with a close game. Okay. And I'm gonna go with Louisville on it. Louisville. I just think I think they've had some some really knockdown drag out, mm-hmm. you know, fights this season, and they've had the close game, so I think they're battle tested in that way. So. And I know NC State has been too, but I, I don't know. There's just something, there's an edge about Louisville that I, I can't quite count them out. Yeah. Well, see, that's a motivation. That's true. I mean, that, yeah. I don't know. NC State's look really, NC State's look really strong. They've been cruising. You know, it mm-hmm. has, it has actually kind of gone under the radar, I think, to a certain extent, how, how well they played. Right. Um, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. They are the number two team in the country. So take, take what I just said with a grain of salt. So it's not that under the radar. <laughs> they're under they're under some people's um right. I, I don't think they're gonna be the number one team in the country but that that's gonna be a good one on uh thursday uh mm-hmm. for for the acc and then there's a bunch of big games in the big 12 yeah. but i'm i'm pretty upset about ashley jones being out for some of them because a lot of them involve iowa state yeah um, so i don't know how to talk about that do you want to talk quickly we have time uh athletes unlimited the basketball rosters are out yeah. for yeah. the uh, the WNBA offseason league that uh, i'm not entirely sure how it's supposed to work out uh has a unique format all the games gonna be played in uh las vegas right they're gonna be picking teams every week or something i don't know but just uh, uh, let me read off some of the players that are involved here because it's a it's a pretty nice list of players you have kelsey mitchell yeah mercedes russell lexi brown hey my dog is now being upset by something <laughs> hey buddy oh he's he's on the camera i'm gonna i need to let him out this is the perils oh that's okay hey we're, we're still live out here oh look at gabe being a good dog daddy <laughs> yeah, so you have to make an appearance oh, you're, good, you're a good dog dad <laughs> It gets very annoying if you don't give him exactly once at all times. <laughs> oh, he's sweet. So it, uh, I mentioned Mitchell, Russell, Brown, the three players listed at the top of this article by Michelle Vopel, which is interesting because all three of them are ahead of Natasha Cloud, um, who I think is kind of one of the, the leaders of this. Yeah. Um, but we have Dijana Carrington, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, Tiana Hawkins, who's a free agent, Jonathan Lavender. Uh, mm-hmm. Odyssey Sims, who's probably not going to be back with the Dream, reportedly, according to Spencer Nussbaum. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Williams, who will definitely not be back with the Dream next year. So we got we got free agents here. We have uh, Kalani Brown's coming back. Essence Carson, uh, Sydney uh, Colson's coming back. A uh, wow. bunch of Amani Stafford McGee's coming back by that. By I love that. Law school. Yeah. And uh, who else? Who else do we have here? And Ty Young. Ty Young's going to be back. So. I'm interested in this not only as like more women's basketball because great, mm-hmm. I'm always down for that. But also, yeah. I wonder if this is going to end up turning into kind of a tryout area for some players that maybe don't want to take the risk of going over to Europe, but still mm-hmm. want to show off their skills in a place that WNBA can do. I, like I like that. I think it's like kind of a and and not that it's the G League, but I think it with regards yeah. to it being kind of a, a training ground and mm-hmm. an opportunity, like you said to show the worst for their wares, right? Like you have to get uh, in front of these GMs in the WNBA and mm-hmm. all the names that you just had. I mean, those are going to be some rough games. Like those are going to be tough 
you know, competitions to watch. So that's going to be a lot of fun just to see what it looks like. But I think it, it does give our women a chance to stay on U.S. soil yeah. and play and, and still be able to be with their families. And, you know, especially with COVID doing what it's doing again right now, okay, I think it's, just, I think it's awesome, you know, for them to have this opportunity. And I know it's going to be broadcasted. So we get to, we get a chance to watch it and, and cheer them on. But I, I love, I love the opportunity for them to be able to, to kind of use it as a, another avenue to have an opportunity to get to the WNBA or to get back into the WNBA. Or just get in shape. Just to get in shape. I think Courtney Williams is going to eat this league alive. So is Kelsey Mitchell. Like, you know, for when it's more, it feel, I think from what I can understand about, it's going to be a little bit more of a pickup feel than sort of, uh, you know, heavy coaching strategies, practice. seems like there's going to be more of a, because they're, because they're picking teams more often and they're changing teams more often. It's going to be more of a pickup feel. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like I think Courtney Williams is going to dominate in a, in a in a pickup game i'm t- i'm taking courtney williams i'm taking Odyssey sims i'm taking kelsey mitchell the, the buckets you know because they're just gonna yeah. get their own shot um yeah. the broadcast crew was really cool and interesting i don't remember who all's on it i should have written that down before we got on the I, podcast cheryl swoops is a part swoops is a part and i think gentel lavender is a part okay okay i'm uh, not sure who else uh, i don't know whatever it'll be great yeah, more women's basketball fun. more women's basketball just just <laughs> lovely i don't care like any any amount of it is is not enough um that's right but yeah i you know we'll see we'll see how that goes because i i think it's going to be another interesting thing we have uh a bunch of other <laughs> basketball obviously we have more college and then we have the fiba world cup uh qualifiers yeah. coming up yes how about oh, that oh let's talk about the coaches uh, we had this and i totally forgot about it uh cheryl reeve who is the the head coach now Mm -hmm. of the women's national team uh added essentially half of the wmba coaches to her (laughs) her how awesome is that it's really great it's it's mike tebow which makes sense because the the games are here vicky johnson kurt miller and james wade so five five of your currently 11 wmba coaches because phoenix is dragging their feet still um we have we have five of them and then sandy brundell is a coach of australia and right. then um who am i missing i don't know oh my gosh i'm sorry i don't know it's fine i'm missing one coach who is on uh, who's on the staff but we were talking all the other coaches yeah. who are currently not on an inter- international team staff should get together and like have an access access yeah. against this this uh oh no <laughs> quinn's on canada staff that oh, was, Noah Quinn. Yeah. yeah you're right. Noah, Noah Quinn is on uh, Canada staff as the as the uh, an assistant. So there's four coaches um, who need to be on a staff against the WNBA uh, women's USA women's coaching staff. Uh, right. We can get some nice rivalries and then everyone has a yeah. lot. Of That'd be great for everyone. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And congratulations to all involved. Uh, with USA basketball and the coaches. And I love that Mike Tebow is going to be back with the Olympics. I know that he was on the Olympic staff with um, USA basketball. I believe it was 2008. Mm -hmm. I I think it was 2008. I believe it was 2008 and um, he was assistant coach. 
on that team. Yep. Am I right? Yep. Yay! He was an assistant and for the world championships in 2006. Okay. We'll see if he actually, if they, like, I don't know if this is the actual, I don't know what the deal is for the Olympics. Because mm-hmm. I think this is just for the qualifying tournament that's in D.C. So right. I don't know. I feel like Mike's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> well, it's right here in Well, this it's one's right in D.C. Where, where's yeah. the next Olympics? Oh, wait, the next Olympics are in L.A. Paris. Oh, no, Paris. Right, we're going. And we're going. We're going. Right? Courtside, we're going. courtside in Court- Paris. <laughs> the, the podcast has to make it to at least 2024. <laughs> Paris. Uh, we're stamping that. We're going. Stamp the passport. We're going to Paris. I could see Mike though being like, "I'm good. Like I don't. I I could take the break during the year. I'll, I'll see you guys in Paris. Otherwise, right. but I'm not going to work." <laughs> I love it. But he's, you know, he's just so great. You know, I love him, and you know, I love that they have the relationships that they do in the WNBA as coaches, mm-hmm. and they're staying together to, you know, build this massive powerhouse and go for an eighth gold medal i mean that's just amazing when you think about that but just to hold it down for for the country yeah. in that regard i think is really a beautiful thing so and keep an eye out for trades right after this because yeah. i think these are right, so these tournaments will be Feb- it's uh there's training camp february 9th to february 5th to the 9th the tournaments the 10th to the 12th by that point we should have a good idea of where the top free agents have gone yeah and perhaps there's some movement on the restricted market um, that uh, that may go down between these teams. I'm excited to come up with many theories related to this. It's like uh, yeah. it's like when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all went to China together. Oh, yeah, and we were like, "What's happening?" And they all, they all came up with a plan. Let's Boom. see. Let's yeah. see what kind of plans James Wade and uh, Cheryl Reeve and Kurt Miller all come up with. Uh, yeah, if there's like a, a banana boat or something like that. Where they all... <laughs> in the Potomac. <laughs> they hold on to the banana boat. You don't want to be in the Potomac, guys. Yeah. Oh, Literally. now we need this to happen. Okay, we gotta we gotta make some calls, Christy. We need to get, we need to get them on a banana boat in the Potomac. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, just uh, a last note though, uh, Simone Augustus is now on the committee, the U.S. Uh, women's bas- women's USA Basketball Women's National Team Committee, which is chaired by Jennifer Rosati, um, yes. now includes Simone Augustus, who retired. I love it. So I love it. Staying in, my, oh, staying in our basketball lives. Terrific. I love it. You know, kudos to all. And that, that brings us right back around to Lucy Harris, you know, yeah. and, you know, which is the... USA basketball connections across the board in our game. How beautiful is that though? The whole tie-in. It's awesome stuff. And keeping everyone together. Keeping people working in women's basketball. It's a good thing because then all that knowledge stays in. So uh, what didn't happen for Lucy is going to happen for Simone. So that's right. That's exciting. Although now I cannot get the banana boat. Cheryl, (laughs) I'm, you know what? I'm Photoshopping that. I'm Photoshopping that. (laughs) Do that. I'll retweet it because I, okay. you know, I just thought it was. It just felt like it was just right. To I'm, say. I'm, I'm photoshopping that. We're gonna get the banana boat with Cheryl <laughs> Eve and company. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's uh, it's gonna be exciting, and I love that it's in DC. So hopefully, a lot of people will, will be able to go. It's right down at ESA, and mm-hmm. uh, it'll be fun to uh, to get everybody back in the gym again. It's like it's exciting. I want to see exciting. that. Yeah, it's gonna be good times. Um, 
that's all I got though. I mean, there's yeah. a ton more stuff we can get to. We only have like three minutes before I, I make a oh. sign off because everything's under an hour here on the Herb Stats <laughs> Podcast Network. Under an hour. All right. We'll get out. But I, I did want to send condolences to Brenda Freeze and her family right. and loss of her father, Bill, on Sunday. Um, they played Michigan that same day mm-hmm. and scored the fewest points in program uh, since nine year stretch, nice. you know, for that. So I just feel really badly for her. And I know he lived a long 89 years, but there's nothing like, um, you know, losing your girl dad, you know, and um it's 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 very tough to see her in that kind of uh, grief, but she she knows that he's no longer in pain, and I just wanted her to know that that we love her here at uh, her hoop stats, and I know that I'm speaking for the entire basketball community no, that gross. you know love and condolences are are definitely going out to her and um, and and Bill is survived by his wife Donna of over sixty years. I mean. And they have um, so many, they have six kids and so many grandkids. And it's just uh, that moment that Brenda put that net around his neck at the Big Ten tournament last year is a moment that I will never forget. And that just encapsulates, uh, it's bigger than basketball. It's always about family and and that connection. So um, on that note, I know it was somber at the beginning and and a bit somber here at the end, but you know, it's all hoops all the time, but life and family is what ties us all together. And uh, I just wanted to make sure we said something about about mm-hmm. Brenda before we concluded today. But that's going to do it for this edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. They're cutting the lights out on us. You don't have to go home, but we got to get up out of here. We're going to bring you all hoops all the time next time right here on Courtside. I'm Christy Winter Scott for Gabe Ibrahim, and we'll check you out next time some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane why pay a rate based on anyone else get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate not available in Alaska or California subject to terms and conditions rates are determined by several factors which vary by state in some states participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating while in some states your rate could increase with high risk driving generally safer drivers will save with DriveWise Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois